0: live. So here we are uh, doing the poetry lunch that we usually do every Tuesday in the dining room, Uh, but we decided to do a podcast. In fact, the first, perhaps the only uh, poetry podcast at Tabor Academy. (laughs) So what we usually do uh, in our poetry lunches is uh, Mr. Shaput and I read a poem that we've written and then we critique each other's work. If we don't have a poem to bring in, that's okay. We'll simply bring in a poem that published poem they really like, and we'll just basically spend the time talking about poetry. But today we have two fresh ones, as we say. And uh, Mr. Shaput, you want to go first? Sure. Um,
1: So I've been trying to experiment with short-form poetry. Um, A.R. Ammons is one of my heroes. He does all kinds of poetry, but some of his short stuff's really good. So I was reading him last night, trying to get some inspiration, and uh, this is what I came up with. It's called (coughs) Wisdom. Wisdom. Two scarred old war horses standing head to hawk in willow shade, swishing flies as the autumn heat fades to fall. Hmm. Can you read it one more time? Yeah, sure. Yes. Wisdom. Two scarred old war horses standing head to hawk in willow shade, swishing flies as the autumn heat fades
0: to fall. I like it a lot. There are many things I like about it. I like the way that you <clears throat> create the scene and you bring the reader in, um, beginning with just the overall image of the, the old war horses being scarred. I like the alliteration on head to hock, that's really cool. Yeah, that was a. And it's got a wonderful <laughs> head to hock in willow shade, it has a wonderful rhythm to it. Yeah. And then kind of moving from head to hock, willow shade, and then swishing flies, obviously, with their tail. So yeah. I can see it moving down the whole body of the horse. And then almost as if uh, it's zooming out and taking a bigger, almost uh, uh, bigger cinematic view. The autumn heat fades to fall. Again, picking up with that alliteration.
1: Yeah, uh, what do you think about the old war horses? Because, I, I mean, this image comes from when I was on the farm, like pretty much anything I write. Yeah. And um, I think that's one of the smartest things horses do, is they stand basically like uh-huh. head to hog, and, and they swish. One horse will swish the flies off the other horse's face with his tail and vice versa. So it's this wonderful symbiotic relationship and horses that are close with one another. Do it a lot and they pair up and they kind of work with the same horse. It's not really random. Yeah. But I wasn't sure about the war horses.
0: Um, yeah, I was a little, um, I was going to ask you about that. Two scarred, I was a little thrown by the war horses rather than simply two old horses.
1: I know, that's what I mean. Do you think it adds, should I, it's an extra word in there, should I cut it or do you think, I kind of like this idea though of, you know, where do horses who have, what are horses who have been to war? human war mm-hmm. do when they aren't fighting. Retired. Yeah. What is that like for them? Are they They
0: are literally put out to pasture. Yeah, I don't know. That's what like I was trying humans. to get at. I yeah. got it. Okay, yes. So that was deliberate, but I don't know if it works. I think if war horses were to work in the way you intended, you probably have to build in more more backstory or detail okay. about that okay. to really work. Right now it's um, just gumming up the works. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't necessarily get that these are two uh, I got the fact they're old horses, but I didn't get they were like two companion horses. Yeah. And they're really, it's that symbiosis, I think. Okay. Perhaps you could add in um, more of the swishing of the tail and so on and picking up more of the rhythm, and this is what they do. Okay. Uh, but the brevity of it really works well, I think. Okay. And you mentioned about the title, Wisdom Is.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if I like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a little heavy-handed, yeah. barfy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Exactly. I think you just let it ride. <laughs> let it ride, All man. Right, right, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> I agree. I always do that, but it's better to kind of put too much out there and then pull back. Okay, I think that'll be a revision for uh, post
1: post Christmas. I suppose, yeah.
0: And and you've been a bunch of these little guys.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think it's. I I don't know. I mean, I think there is definitely a place for, you know, longer pieces. Yeah. Um. But for the if, if, I basically get to read these things to Mackenzie and see if I can get her interested. And if I can get her interested, <laughs> that's the litmus, the litmus test. So now have you shared this with her? Not yet. I wrote this one late last night.
0: Good. It works. You want to do a whole collection of them? and I think it'd be cool. It would be.
1: Yes. Cool. All right. What do you got today? All right. All right well, thank you. I'll work on that. I'll get. I, I knew it that the warhorse thing seems forced. So I'll I'll either expand that or or tweak it.
0: Well, it would work it, only if it had a larger context yeah. of it, for sure. Okay. So this is a poem I wrote just a couple days ago. I've been reading the book, uh, The Body, by Bill Bryson. It's this, uh, he calls it, uh, I may have mentioned it to you, yeah. The Body, um, a, uh, An Occupant's Guide. And it's this, <laughs> and it's this incredible, um, encyclopedic, Bill Bryson-type wit journey into all the things that our body does for us. It's incredible. So... One of the chapters I was reading was about um, being a vegan, vegetarian, meat eater, and so on, and uh, how the whole notion of calories came into being. And there's 150 scientists believed heavily in um, eating a lot of meat. His consumption of meat post-World War II really kind of launched the whole, the whole American obsession with meat. Yes. And I referenced that in here. And then I did a little research about him and discovered he didn't have a happy end. So that comes into the podcast. Okay. So here All it right, is. I'm excited. All right. Lying in bed, thinking about meat, and owls. Read that a 50s scientist figured humans needed two pounds of meat daily to meet caloric needs. Tucked in a nearby pine, an owl hoots. He's thinking about meat, too. (laughs) A bunny, mouse, maybe a shrew. Easy to spot, scurrying across the moonwashed snow. This scientist had a massive stroke at 62, left him paralyzed. So much for the bacon, Italian subs, and ribeyes. There he is, lying in bed, staring up at the ceiling. Did he hear an owl calling him in the black of night? Did he want to be that owl, swooping through the attic of memories he can't unpack? Wow. Wow. So there it is. Great. Yeah.
1: I like the rhyme. The rhyme is awesome. This. Where the shrew line? Yeah, thank you. Um, hoots and shrew. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not an exact rhyme, but it's similar.
0: Um, and one thing I'm trying to do with my poetry is start at point A and go through other points and then end in a very different place. End in a very different place that the reader doesn't anticipate. Yeah. I like the image of the owl flying because
1: I think owls flying is one of the coolest things ever. I love owls. I do um, too, yeah. So
0: they're fascinating birds. And actually, that night uh, when I was reading that passage, an owl was actually hooting outside our window, up in a pine.
1: I'm wondering if we could make it. It's very narrative right now, and yeah, I think that's great. But I wonder if we could, um, if it could be. I don't know, this is kind of a random small thing, but tweak it a little bit, trim some of the fat off of it, no pun intended, mm-hmm. um, just to make it a little more efficient. And then mm-hmm. from there, mm-hmm. you could really, it might sharpen the end. The conclusion at the end, um, I don't. It, it felt like we had to kind of cover a lot of ground to get there. And I right. wonder if we could get there a little faster. And the other thing I'm wondering yep, yep, is yep. if you mess around, if when you do that, you kind of move it out of, the, it's in basically a paragraph. Um, Kind of it could be right, a little, exactly yes. more mm-hmm. like an owl swooping out of a tree. Just like a tall. I hear what
0: is cool. I I like that idea. Visual yeah. image
1: with the text to make it yep. more um, accessible. But I love this idea, this thinking about meat. It's a really funny line. <laughs> so I wonder if if you did it that way, you could then kind of isolate some of these lines. Yes. Lying yeah. in bed, thinking about meat and owls and like exactly yes right, right now right. some of the imagery gets lost no, right. in the paragraph i would agree yes absolutely yeah. i love it though so much for the bacon so much for the bacon and the ribeyes yes exactly
0: That's, that so he obviously yeah he that the scientist well he very much i mean it's hard to say whether but a massive stroke at 62, and he really was devoted, according to Bill Bryson, about his diet of meat. Practicing what he preached. Absolutely. I mean, I, I get it. I love ribeye. And if you think of two pounds of meat a day, that's... It's uh, a lot. I, I think Bryson said the average American at that time was eating six to 700 pounds of meat a year. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> that's insane.
1: Yeah, I really like it. That's great. I like this uh, this contrast of uh, the owls outside and, and using the owls to link your reading of the book and
0: yep. the scientist's yep. experience. Well, I will do that. I will lengthen it out
1: exactly. I think that might be cool. It might allow you to focus
0: on some of the, the great sure. imagery. yes. And I've written a number of poems about owls because I also love them as well. Yeah. But I've never... I mean, it's very, they're very hard to see. Very hard to see. This owl, for example, that night, if I'd gone outside and looked for him... Probably wouldn't have seen. Him. No, no, he would have disguised. Yeah. So those are our two poems for the day, and um, if you'd like to contact us <laughs> about joining us, we would, we certainly invite students from time to time to join us on the podcast. And on occasion, we've had students join us at lunch in the dining room to uh, join in, to offer critique, to even share a poem. So. We would welcome students, and we'd hope this uh, podcast becomes a regular occurrence. Yeah,
1: I'd like that. I'm having fun. I think this is great. This is great. This is awesome. We've been doing this for nine years now, more or less every week, so um, it's good to... uh,
0: And from time to time, we've actually threatened about making a a bound collection of all the poems that we've written.
1: Hopefully, this is a step in that direction. I agree. Well, thank you for
0: listening, and uh, until next time.